Millions more people filed for unemployment last week, bringing the total up to 30 million. Beyonce. That's it. That's the headline. And have you ever heard a cartoon theme song that gave you chills? You will have by the end of this episode. The date, April 30th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hello, friends. I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. Okay, so top of the show, just really quickly, uh, I want to give a shout out to my dad, uh, who I'm assuming slash hoping is listening to this right now. He called me this morning to give me an update, and it just reminded me of why he's the best. You know how some millennials are like, oh, my parents, they're not taking the coronavirus seriously, like even now? (laughs) Yes, definitely. Well, not my dad. No sir No how. He is vigilant. He is adamant. He says, not today, Miss Rona. I am an older black man and you are not (laughs) taking me. Um, so he's so vigilant that he's annoying the heck out of my family to the point that my sister is visiting him from across the state soon. And he told me that the procedure for that is when she comes into his house, she must wear gloves. That way, everything she touches while inside will only be touched by those gloves, which she then will toss when she leaves. And honestly, I'm like, you know what? Do what it takes to survive, Dad. Do what it takes. I, I support your dad. I think that he's doing a great job. That's You know what? I'm going to make everyone do that even once this is over. Don't touch my stuff. <laughs> Welcome to my home museum. You will not bring your plague with you. How are the rack and um, rents holding up? They're good. My mom's been, uh, like baking a lot and she'll leave things at my doorstep. And then also my dad, he's a public school elementary PE coach. And he has been going to the empty campus, bringing my sister with him. And as they like stand six feet apart, she films him doing these videos, which he's uploading to YouTube. So his elementary students can watch and do exercises with him. That is so cute. But background, my dad was a comedian for 20 plus years. So it's a stand-up set for elementary (laughs) school kids, but also jumping jacks. Oh my God. Okay, well, I know what I'm doing after we finish taping now. I'm going back and watching every single one of your dad's PE videos. I'm going to be swole as shit thanks to your dad, Casey. And you get to like recite the alphabet sometimes. The kindergartners, their exercise stretching is like when you, it's like you do A and then you, you know, you got to do the letters as you're stretching. It's a whole thing. So it's educational. Uh, Genius. Okay, today I've got three things you need to know. You ready for this? I'm as braced as I can be. Okay. Number one, another 3.8 million Americans filed for unemployment claims last week, pushing the total number of unemployed to 30 million. That means one in five working age Americans, or 20%, are currently unemployed. Those kind of numbers just haven't been seen since the Great Depression, which peaked out at 24.9%. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi says that the House will be back in session in mid-May to hopefully pass another bill to help those affected by the crisis. Meanwhile, with the month ending, states eager to get people back to work are prepping to end their stay-at-home orders, even as the virus has now killed 60,000 people in the U.S. alone. Oh, I mean, it's just so tough. I have so many friends that, I mean, everyone has friends that have been affected by this, whether they've been laid off and now they're on unemployment or they've been furloughed and mm-hmm. on unemployment, et cetera. And it is like, it's it's so scary. It's like, you know, people need to go back and they need to, they need to start making money. But also this virus is still very much present. So right? all of this so, is still very scary. And that's why I am not a lawmaker. These are the kind of choices we vote people in to make. And boy, am mm-hmm. I glad I'm not the one making them. Okay, number two. 
New York State spent $69 million on ventilators bought sight unseen from some dude who responded to a Trump tweet. It's a really wild story from BuzzFeed News' Rosalind Adams and Ken Bessinger. So a Silicon Valley engineer dude named Yorin Oren Pines, actual name, responded to a tweet from the president saying, we can supply ICU ventilators, invasive and non-invasive. Have someone call me urgent, all caps. Well, New York State did call him on the advice of the White House Coronavirus Task Force and gave him millions of dollars to buy ventilators. As you might guess, though, zero ventilators have arrived. Surprise, surprise. And now New York is trying to get its money back. Okay, I have so many thoughts. Number one, this is like sounds like a scam right away. Number two, did everyone in Silicon Valley forget about Elizabeth Holmes? Like we went through this like you. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like they learned too well from Elizabeth Holmes. The fact that this dude got sixty nine million dollars from the state of New York is not nice for 169 is not nice. <laughs> Number three, some cautiously good news. The FDA appears close to approving a new drug that seems effective against the coronavirus. Originally developed by Gilead Sciences, which sidebar sounds like an evil corporation, but apparently isn't in sidebar as a potential anti-Ebola drug. Remdesivir is an antiviral that proved at least kind of effective in clinical trials. When given to people with COVID-19, patients who received remdesivir recovered 31% faster than people given placebos, which means the median time before they were well enough to be released from the hospitals was shortened to 11 days rather than 15 days. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci of the National Institutes of Health said that this is a big deal, not necessarily because of how much the drug shortens the virus's effect, but because that any drug at all is effective against the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, this isn't bleach, so I'm game. <laughs> right? Also, I just love the fact that remdesivir sounds like a word that J.R.R. Tolkien definitely made up for Lord of the Rings. It is an elven <laughs> sword or something that is used, I don't know, to fight plagues. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, it's time for today's good news, bad news. As you might guess from the name, this is where I bring you some of the most awe and some of the most, oh my God, no, stories from around the internet. Okay, so good news for 90s kids everywhere, and especially those from West Philadelphia, the cast of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came together for a Zoom reunion, which is wild because I didn't know, but this September is the 30th anniversary of the show, which is bless wow. it for being around for that long. So Will Smith has been hosting a Snapchat show called Will From Home because like all of us, he's clearly bored out of his mind. And thank goodness he's doing it because it led him to gathering all of his Fresh Prince co-stars to take part in a reunion. Everyone except James Avery, who sadly uh, passed away in 2013. And then Janet Hubert, who played the original Aunt Viv. I the drama of the Aunt Vivs, like, I know that it's, like, a whole point of contention with the cast, but, man, the fans do sure love us some dark-skinned Aunt Viv. I do, too. I don't know. She's my favorite Aunt Viv, but right? I guess I, all Aunt Vivs are good. <laughs> yes, all Aunt Vivs. Um, <laughs> I, so, I am so glad slash not glad that Fresh Prince isn't on Nick at Night anymore because when that first started, I felt like crawling into the grave. But now Nick at Night is just all Friends reruns, which doesn't oh, feel God. too much better. <laughs> um, okay, what I want to talk about is what Will brought up in the reunion was that Tatiana, who played Ashley, will always be 11 
in his mm-hmm. mind. And I think that's accurate. So I was like shocked when she had like a child with her. And I'm like, what? I know. What Whose baby is that? I thought at first, Ash- surely not I- yours. <laughs> Ashley can't have babies. <laughs> but um, you know what? This is great. I mean, the Smiths have been like totally killing it on digital content right now. Will's got a YouTube page. Jada's got Red Table Talk, of course. And then he's got the Snapchat show. So I'm like, okay, yes, save us all during this quarantine with your great content. So on to bad news for anyone who planned on releasing music this week, Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion remix Savage. And honestly, thank God. But also, I feel so bad for anyone who released music this week. I right, mean, like, not the time, guys. Not the time. <laughs> not the time. Read the room. Now's not it. <laughs> so the song dropped on title not long after we finished recording yesterday. And you have absolutely heard the song by now, unless you've been living under a rock, in which case, here's a lesson for you. Grain, we swerving, keeping his mind all on these curves. Coop fly like a bird, cold on him like birds. Always keep my words. No, I don't do crosswords. Okay, so when this went up, everyone, including us, lost their minds. I mean, everyone was just messaging everyone about it. And it's great because not only is it awesome, all the proceeds for the song will go to benefit COVID-19 relief in Houston through Bread of Life. And as one person said on Twitter, Beyonce rapping means four extra weeks of summer, although I don't know what summer is. So (laughs) summer is that period when it is warmer outside and you can go outside and there are beaches and stuff. It's mythical at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I love everything about this track. I we've had it on repeat in this apartment for at least like. 20 loops until we were like, okay, we can't get sick of this song, but we're kind of ready to hit pause for now. No. Okay, fine. You can hit pause, but then you need to go to TikTok where I am always. So Kiara Kiki Wilson, she's a 19 year old who originally created the Savage Challenge on TikTok Mm. and it's the dance to it. She's a choreographer and she has already updated it for this new remix and it is so good and I can't wait to see everyone doing it. And so I'm going to listen to it always on TikTok. I I got to say the best line of Beyonce's, the one that I just like fell over at was... If you don't jump to put on jeans, baby, you don't feel my pain. I, it's, like, mm. it's so evocative. It was very good. And then meanwhile, I'm just like, I like the I'm a boss. I'm a leader. I pull up in my two seater because I'm like, yes, she is. And yes, she does. <laughs> oh, thank God for Beyonce. Oh. I needed this. I really needed this. this week. <laughs> well, we've got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stick around. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder, and our family bonds grow too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. 
Hey, Lethal listeners, Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit, you might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission, clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. But I hadn't counted on a rash of new murderers tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger, though it wasn't all bad. I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. But now, all signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win. I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit. Catch up on season one of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in season two, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. So usually this would be time for Say More, where we get to spend quality time talking to some of the best people out there. Today we were all set to talk to BuzzFeed Books editor Ariana Rebellini about the BuzzFeed Book Club pick for May, Veronica Roth's novel Chosen Ones. But as is happening so often these days in life with coronavirus, circumstances shifted out of the blue. And you know what? Now we'll actually talk to Ariana next week. Okay, but this unexpected schedule change is actually a blessing in disguise because now you have a whole extra week to check out the book Chosen Ones before we talk to Ariana about it next week. Yes, correct. And you may be wondering where, pray tell, might I be able to read some of this fine book club selection? Why? On the BuzzFeed website, of course. We have the entire first chapter of the book available to read for free. If you just Google BuzzFeed Chosen Ones, you'll find it. Or there's a direct link in the show notes for today's episode as well, which you can find right there in your pod player. Oh, and yeah, BT Dubs, we put links in our show notes. Surprise. Every day you can find links to the stories we talk about in the show and usually the Twitter bios of the people we talk to. Because at News O'Clock, we're here to help you, the listener, get more out of your podcast listening experience. Wow. We've all learned so much. Also, if you follow that link to read the first chapter of Chosen Ones, you'll also see that you can enter a contest to win a copy of the whole book. The whole ass book. Shipped to your home for your quarantine reading enjoyment. Def can't wait to read some of this book, which is apparently about reluctant superheroes trying to have a semblance of normal life 10 years after their victory over the Dark One. It asks the question, the blurb continues, what happens to people who save the world after the rest of the world moves on? Okay, I'm into this. Superheroes, drama. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the plan is we're all going to read this and maybe win a free book. And then next week we'll talk to Ariana about it and all of our lives will be better as a result. Sounds good to me. I can't wait. I read the first chapter of this book and I am intrigued. It sounds like some weird like postscript to the Animorph series almost. (laughs) Okay, remember... You can find a link to go read the first chapter of Chosen Ones in the show notes or just Google BuzzFeed Chosen Ones and you'll find it there as well. It's time for the list, because if you know BuzzFeed at all, you know how much we love lists. And today we're looking at four unpopular Harry Potter opinions that are pretty much fact. Casey, this is near and dear to your heart. So you know what? I'll let you do the honors. Give me the list. Let's hear it. Thank you, Hayes. I hope you're ready for some very, very good and very, very bad opinions. Number one on the list, Hermione was more of a Ravenclaw than a Gryffindor. Number two, Umbridge is a bigger villain than Voldemort. Number three, Lupin would have been a better godfather to Harry than Sirius was. And number four, The Goblet of Fire is the best book in the series. I see you are here to stir up some shit today, Casey. 
We, I am here to stir up some shit. There are a lot of unpopular Harry Potter opinions, but I have chosen four that I agree with strongly. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so yes, I agree that Lupin absolutely would have been a better godfather to Harry than Sirius ever was. I, he was responsible. He was mature. He had a fucking job <laughs> and was not in prison. So you know what? Yep, for it. Uh, okay, Sirius was unjustly convicted, just so we know. That wasn't entirely his fault. That's true. The criminal justice system in the Harry Potter universe is even more malignant than ours. Yes, that is correct. But I cannot stand by Umbridge is a bigger villain than Voldemort. Like, I get where that's coming from, but I just can't stand by that. One is, you know, mean, and the other one mass murders and encourages straight-up genocide. So... I think it's it's because we never really saw that, like... Voldemort was like very much like talked about, but you rarely like saw him until the mm-hmm. like end of the movies or read about him till the end of the books. Whereas Umbridge in mm-hmm. that fifth book was so concentrated and she was like, was doing like physical abuse to Harry for his punishments. And, mm-hmm. you know, she was enabling murder. I'd say that. But yes, I get what you're saying. Probably the mass murderer is worse than Umbridge. But oh, man, I hate Umbridge. No, wait, actually, I'm, I'm coming around to this. I'm coming around to this as I think this through because I don't know if J.K. Rowling meant to do this. Who knows? She could like pop up on Twitter and say this is exactly what I meant. But Umbridge does kind of represent the people who just kind of go along with evil because it's easy and because they have shitty ideas. And so, you know what? What's a few murders as long as I get my way? So, you know what? I wouldn't call her bigger than a v- bigger villain than Voldemort, but... I'd say she is definitely more dangerous. I think so. I think it's because you can relate her to like people that you've seen in actual politics in the world right now. And so you're like, she's relatable in that way. And you're like, fuck Umbridge. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) but okay. What are your opinions about the Goblet of Fire? I don't think that that's the best movie, but I do think it's the best book. Ooh, Mm, it's a toss up. I, I don't know. I can't. Say I can't say I agree with that because I really believe that the sixth book is the best book. I love Half Blood mm. Prince, so I I can't. Goblet of Fire is very good. People don't give it the respect it deserves, but I cannot agree that it's the best one in the series. Okay, fair. And then what about this one? The one that I'm like could go either way on is Hermione being in Ravenclaw instead of Gryffindor. Like she definitely is brave and stuff like that. I'm not doubting that she has characteristics that are compatible with Gryffindor, but I'm saying like, Mm -hmm. she's such a Ravenclaw that it's shocking that she wasn't put in there. Like, I feel like she, she's a Ravenclaw sun with a Gryffindor moon or rising, you know? Mm, So it's just like, I don't understand. I think that honestly, the sorting hat is basically just a random die generator like it's just making shit up it's just making it up the entire time and when it happens to get it right everyone much like astrology moves their beliefs around to fit what the sorting hat just said (laughs) yes perfect exactly all right if you want to argue about more harry potter opinions you can head over to buzzfeed.com and take andy golder's quiz agree or disagree with these harry potter opinions to see which character you are or send us an email you can reach us at news o'clock all one word at buzzfeed.com Either write down your own unpopular Harry Potter opinion or record it as a voice memo and email it to us. That's news o'clock at buzzfeed.com. Okay, we have time for one more thing. And it's one of the best things I came across on Twitter yesterday. A cover that makes an iconic theme song, dare I say, 
beautiful. Ooh, high praise. It is, and it's deserved. Samara Ginsberg is a cellist who, like most musicians, isn't able to go perform right now. And so she recorded and posted a video for herself playing the Inspector Gadget theme song. I mean, that sounds good, but... I mean, but she plays it in an eight-part harmony. Oh, hell yes. I love harmony. (laughs) Harmonies are so good. Okay, listen to this. That's right. She's even doing the sirens from the start of the cartoon. that not just incredible it's so good and also it's like really spooky but in a good way i don't know why but while i was listening to it i just felt like i was like on the haunted mansion ride at disneyland <laughs> if only it was inspector gadget themed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man walt disney world upgrades necessary while you guys are closed <laughs> So I reached out to Samara, who was good enough to let us use the audio of her masterpiece. We also shot her a few questions, and she was good enough to take time from her currently busy schedule to shoot us back some answers. First, we asked her, why this song among all the other songs out there? So I picked Inspector Gadget because it is literally just such a banging tune, and I could imagine that it would sound good for eight cellos. Seriously, it is such an actual banger. And then we had to know how she put it all together. It wasn't that hard, the musical side, because it's probably worth mentioning that in my everyday pre-apocalypse life, I work a lot as an arranger and a session musician. So the the musical side of it was very much within my comfort zone. Uh, Yeah, true. It took my breath away the first time I watched it and every time since. And then finally, we asked her what it was like to see the whole internet exploding in joy from something that she made. I think astonished is is really the only thing I can say about this. It's been the craziest 48 hours. I thought that maybe it would get a few likes and a few retweets and make a few people smile. I did not imagine getting a million views. I'm feeling a bit shell-shocked, to be honest, but obviously it's really resonated with a lot of people. And I feel like maybe in such stressful times, something that takes people back to their childhood, is really resonating with people at the moment. I'm just really happy about it, and I feel like I kind of need to do some more videos now. I've got a few more projects in the pipeline, a few more arrangements that I'm working on, so there's definitely going to be some more content from me soon. Okay, yes, we definitely can't wait for more from Samara. So excited for that. Serious thanks to her for sending us those responses. I wish I played an instrument, man. I am completely non-musical in that sense, and I'm so sad about it. Okay, people often tell me that my fingers would be good at playing piano, and I don't know what that means. They just look it like it. You have long, graceful, <laughs> wide-splayed fingers, so you can hit the whole octave, is what that means, Casey. Okay, but my true reason why I don't play is, I mean, I don't know. I was just, like, not good at playing instruments, but I was in middle school. I did fake play an alto saxophone for three years. <laughs> Three um, years? I, <laughs> Did you just carry the case around? I just Yeah, I carried the case around. I want you to know how good I was at fake playing it. I was so good that the head that uh, the head of band, who did, what is he? Oh, the conductor. Okay, I'm not, I shouldn't be in band. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> the conductor. So we're at, a, we're at this public middle school, right? And there's, they got like some donated um, alto saxophones and I was the best in the whole class. So I got to check out every day the fancy one. 
And I went home and I didn't practice it. I would just learn the scales. And then when we were playing with everyone, I was just like fake playing. I don't know. You can think whatever you want about me. I'll take it. (laughs) I think that you were like summer of scam, except three years of scamming the orchestra out of getting to use the fancy saxophone. That's I, my excuse was I, we moved around a bunch when I, you're in the, we was in the prime, like musical instrument learning ages, you know, the like fourth, fifth grade range when someone shoves a trumpet in a kid's hands, like here, this is what you play now. I did not have that experience. And so I'm very jealous of everyone who did. Meanwhile, Inspector Gadget, such a great theme song. Not the greatest of all time, but so good. That's it for today. Tomorrow, we're talking sports as Bleacher Report's Master Tespasian joins to talk about why The Last Dance is such a slam dunk. And remember, no matter how many of her recipes you've made in lockdown, Allison Roman is not actually your best friend. Yet. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And tell your friends about us. Then set your alarms so you're all set for the next episode of News O'Clock. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, I'm Hillary Clinton, and I'm so excited to be back with a third season of You and Me Both. When I started this podcast, we were going through some tough times, and let's face it, we still are. And here's what I know. We cannot get through this alone. So please join me for more conversations with people who will make you think, make you laugh, and help us find a path forward. This season, I'll be talking about the state of our democracy with experts and with people organizing on the ground. We'll draw inspiration from some amazing people like Olympic star Allison Felix and Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlisle. And we'll get into the hard stuff with writer Cheryl Strayed and my dear friend and colleague Huma Abedin. So join us, listen to you and me both on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chicken say, uh, dog, cat, giraffe, giraffe, really, giraffe, uh, giraffe. You're not gonna get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.